Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Today we're going to begin a three-week series on the teaching of the Trinity. Now, some of you may be wondering what the Trinity is. Well, the, the Trinity is um, it's this Christian teaching that says that God is one in three divine persons. So you have God the Father, you have God the Son, that's Jesus, and then you have God the Holy Spirit. Three divine persons, but they are actually one God. Now this morning what I want to do is I want to, I want to answer three vital questions that a lot of times people ask. Number one, I want to ask this question, why is, is the Trinity important to me? I mean, why do I need to study the subject? Why is the, is the doctrine of the Trinity uh, vital for my understanding of who God is? The second question I want to answer is, is the Trinity a biblical contradiction? Because the truth is that there's a lot of people that when they look at um, this teaching, they think that, that it just, the Bible basically is just contradicting itself. And uh, you, you're going to see that um, that's not the case. And then number three, the third question that I want to answer today is, how will this teaching help me today? I mean, why do I have to study the Trinity? What, how is that going to apply to my life today, in our world today? Like when you know everything is going the, the way that it's going, how does that uh, help me like literally right now? So throughout history... The concept of the Trinity has been a, a little bit of a controversial doctrine, okay? There, there has been um, a lot of fighting about it, a lot of arguing about it. And the truth is that there's a lot of Christians who willingly admit that they don't understand the doctrine or the teaching of the Trinity. But then there's some others who think that they understand it, and they really don't. And so... Uh, this week, of all things, I got a text from one of our owners asking about Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. So Genesis chapter 1 is the chapter on creation. And, um, and they asked, this, this, basically they said, what, what is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 all about? Now, if you don't know what it says, Genesis 1, 26 basically says this. It says, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. That's Genesis 1, 26. And this LifePoint owner, basically what he was asking, what she was asking was, who is the us in verse 26? When God says, let us make man in our own image, who is the us? That's the Trinity. And so I thought that was basically confirmation because I wasn't sure, man, like, you know, I was asking Leah and I was just kind of debating what the next subject that what the next topic teaching series should be for our church in this time. But now I was kind of being led to teach on the Trinity and I really couldn't tell you why. But then and I hadn't really shared this with anyone else. And uh, just about the time when I decided to teach on the Trinity, this person texted, texted me about Genesis 1, 26. And I, so I felt like it was God um, just it was a confirmation from the Lord saying, this is it. This is what I want you to communicate to your church over the next few days. And so I love when God does that. It doesn't always happen, but I love when, when you feel like God is leading you in a certain direction and God, God gives you the thumbs up. So 
The Trinity is one of the most difficult ideas in Christianity, but it is fundamental to Christians. Now, you may say, why? Why is it so difficult? Well, that leads us to the first question that I want to answer for you today. Why is the Trinity important to us? And so this is actually, in fact, the next three messages that I'm going to do for the next three weeks um, it's it's going to be heavy on teaching. And so I really encourage you, if you want to retain some of the information, I want to encourage you to write some things down. You can type it on your phone. Um, and I think that it'll help you remember a little bit longer. The teaching of the Trinity basically states what Christians believe God is like and who he is. And that's a pretty big deal. Uh, the Trinity also emphasizes that God is very different from human beings. And so the more we dig in, the more you realize, you're going to realize how much, how different um, God is than, than human beings. It also reflects the ways that God encounters, the way that God relates with other Christians. So one of the things that, that I personally love when I study, uh, as I've been studying the last, the last few days about the subject of the Trinity, is that really it steers us away from wrong ideas of God, of who God is. Some people, they have this misconception, they have this idea that God is this commanding, abusive, dictator-like God who, who's, who's out to get you. Like as soon as you do something wrong, he's, he's going to judge you. He's, got, you know, he's out there just to get you. And you know, as soon as you make a mistake, and and who's got like this power structure in which those that those lower down are going to be dominated or oppressed by those who are above them and and that nothing could be further from from that and so when you study the trinity you you're going to understand that uh, it also teaches us vital truths about relationships and community so what you see in the trinity is is a God who's in a community of three persons in a mutual, loving relationship. And it, it actually, it reveals the mystery of a God who inspires all. A God who, who cannot be understood logically and, and rationally. So I hope that you, um, I hope you're as excited as I am to get into this teaching. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to just read one verse, chapter um, verse 14. And it is going to be the theme verse for the whole series. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It is the last verse that the Apostle Paul writes to the the church at Corinth, and it is the last verse that's recorded for us in the Bible that he writes to them, okay? It says this, it says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's, that is, that is God the Son, right? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, of God, that is the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. That is a powerful, powerful verse. And this is a very clear example of 
three persons of the three persons of the Trinity. Like I, I, I can't think, I mean, there is a lot of good verses, but this is one that for sure is at like at the top. Here's what you need to know. The, the very essence of the Trinity is supernatural. It, it's beautiful, but it's, it is very difficult to explain in natural terms. It's not something that, that, uh, and the more we dig into it, the more you're going to see like, man, this is, this is actually a very difficult doctrine to explain. And, and so I want to share with you maybe an illustration that will help you, um, with, that'll help you maybe understand the complexity of the Trinity, because I'm afraid that you're not, maybe by the end of the message or the end of the series, there's still going to be some questions, okay? So, so it's not going to be um, so easy to find out all the answers about the Trinity. And so I hope that this illustration will, will give you a little bit, of, a little bit of perspective on the teaching of, uh, of the Trinity. So, Picture this, picture that there's a group of people who have lived chained to a wall in a cave all of their lives, and they're facing this blank wall, okay? So all of their lives, they've, they've stared at this blank wall, and, and the people are watching these, these shadows that are projected on the wall from objects that are passing in front of a fire that's behind them, okay? So these people are chained to a wall, they see these shadows, um, and then the, the, to them they think it's an object that's passing right in front of a, a, a fire that's behind them. And they begin to give names to these shadows. And the, the shadows, for them, is basically their reality, okay? Now, imagine for a moment that one of those guys is set free and he comes to understand that the shadows on the wall are not reality at all okay he comes to understand that that what they thought that was a fire was is actually the sun and he gets to experience life the fullness of life and he goes back to share with them um, what life is really like if he tries to explain the fullness of life it's going to be difficult Okay, because those people are, they're just used to looking at shadows that their perspective is very limited. Does that make sense? In a way, it's the same when you study the Trinity. God's Word can set you free and, and, and give you sort of a, a 3D description of who God is. If you don't study the Trinity, you're going to have a limited perspective of, of God. But even though the concept of the Trinity gives you a more meaningful understanding of God, it can still be difficult to understand. It, it can still be difficult for us. It, it's, it's, it's like try, it's like that man trying the, trying to explain life, the fullness of life to those people who've been looking at shadows all of their lives. Is that, I hope, I hope that, um, I hope that makes a little bit of sense. So the Bible says this, the Bible says, it says, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, but not the realities themselves. That's found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, the first part of verse verse 1. And so I, I think it's a little bit like that. 
for for us as we study the Trinity. Uh, just like verse Hebrews 10.1 says the old system under the law uh, of Moses was only a shadow, I believe that when we study the the concept of the Trinity, our minds are very limited. We're only going to be able to really see um, the, the, a, the, a full description of God once we are, uh, once we end up, we're in heaven. Um, our minds right now on this earth are very, very limited. Okay, so let me ask a, a few of the most difficult, some of the most challenging questions, okay? Uh, some of these are legitimate. If you've asked yourself some of these questions, I I think it's it's great. I love when people ask questions, it, 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 uh, especially challenging questions, because it, it helps me uh, study God's Word even more. And, and so one of the questions that's asked is, is this, is the Trinity a biblical contradiction? I mean, literally, like, like how, how can God be one? How can God be both one and three, right? Like that's, man, that's difficult for us to, like if Jesus is God, why do the Gospels record moments where he's praying to God? Okay, so like how, how can that, how can that happen? Like, remember in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before the cross, how could Jesus, God the Son, pray to God if there's only one, to God the Father if there's only one God? So I want to give you uh, an example that may help you uh, understand it a little bit. If I say the moon, the moon is made entirely of cheese, but then shortly after that, I also say the moon is not made entirely of cheese. What have I done? Well, I've contradicted myself, right? Now, think of it this way. Remember um, Deacon's famous line? It was the best of times. It was the, finish it. Remember the line? It was the best of times. It was the, what is it? Worst of times, right? Obviously, this is a contradiction if deacons means that it was the best of times in the same way that it was the worst of times. It just wouldn't make sense. But you can avoid the contradiction with this statement if you say in one sense it was the best of times, but in another sense it was the worst of times. And we, we all, I think we all understand that if, if you say it like that. Now, there's only one point that I want you to remember today, okay? God is, is one, like we've said that, and three at the same time. But he's not, but not in the same way, okay? So here's the one point that I want you to remember. God is one in essence, but three in person, okay? So I want you, I want you to, I want you, I'm going to say that out loud. I'm going to, I want you to say it out loud. I want you to retain it. I'm going to, I want to say it a couple of times so that, because this is the key point for today. If you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember this. I want it, I want it to stick, okay? God is one in essence, okay? But three in person. Say it out loud, okay? Even if there are people in the room, get the whole family in this. I think it'll help you when you say things out loud, it'll help you retain information. So God, if you're following us on our church um, platform, our online platform, go ahead and type it. If you're, if you're a fast, 
If you can type faster, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write it down. God is one in essence, but three in what? In person. Very good. Awesome. Essence and person are not the same thing. Now, if there is one passage which most clearly brings all of this together, it's Matthew 28, verse 19. Look at it with me. Matthew 28, verse 19. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, pay attention to that word, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to notice something. First, notice that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are distinguished as distinct persons, okay? So you have three different persons. Like when, when we baptize people at the church, we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Like I never say I baptize you in the name of God, right? Like it, we never do it that way, okay? Uh, the second thing I want you to notice is that each person must be deity, because they're all placed at the same level, okay? Like, like Jesus would have never said, I, I baptize you in the name of a mere creature, right? Like he wouldn't have, he would have never said, I baptize you in the name of, of Peter or in the name of an eagle or in the name of whatever, okay? So the three persons of the Trinity that he mentions that, that, that are mentioned in, in this passage, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are deity. Now, we're going to get into this um, a, a lot more in depth, probably in just a, in a few. I think it's going to be on our, our third week, um, so don't miss it. We're going to see how um, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are basically, um, they are all 100% God, and, and we'll get into that into, into details, and I think it'll be, it'll be fun. The third thing I want you to notice is that, and this is really cool, don't miss this. The, the three, um, although the, the three divine persons are distinct, we are baptizing people into the name, and, and I want you to notice that, singular, where we, you know, like, what, what, what I want you to notice is it doesn't say the names, plural. We don't ever say, I baptize you in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No, what we say is we baptize you in the name singular. Okay? I, I thought that was really interesting. The three persons are distinct, yet they only constitute one name. This can only be if they share one essence. That's why I gave you that example earlier. So when you look at the Trinity, all three persons are all identical in attributes. That They all have the same power. They all have the same love. Like the, you know, God the Son, Jesus, doesn't love you more or less than God the Father. They all have the same uh, mercy and justice um, and uh, holiness. There's not one that's more holy than the other, okay? They have the same knowledge, and so they all have the same um, the same qualities. That's why I say they're one in essence, but they're three different 
different persons. Now, the last question that I, I want to ask and I want to answer is, how will this help me today? You know, like, okay, there's a, a lot of great knowledge. I appreciate it. I love to study God's Word. But, Pastor, I, I really want to know how the concept of the Trinity is going to help me today. Because the truth is, um, tomorrow morning when I have to face my world, um, it, it's, it's not just theory, it's reality. And it's, it's hard and things, you know, are challenging. So I think it can help you in two different ways, okay? And they're very, very practical ways. Number one, I think it can help you relationally. When you understand the concept of the Trinity, you understand how it can help you in your relationships with others, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your co-workers, your relationship with your friends. Now, many Christians see the relationship between the persons of the Trinity as providing a recipe for the best sort of human relationships. So let me explain. Individuality is respected, but a balanced relationship with others is made up of mutual love and and perfect communication. Let me say that again. That's, That's really important. When you look at the concept of the Trinity, one of the things that you learn is that individuality is respected, but a balanced relationship with others is made up of mutual love and perfect communication. That's what you see in the Trinity. So in your relationships, you've got to acknowledge, you have to value differences as well as sameness. Like if everybody was... Um, if everybody was like you, man, this, it would be a pretty boring place, right? If everybody in the world was like me, man, it would be an f- extremely boring place. You know, the world would be like, you know, I should be thankful that other people have other gifts and other opinions and they have other tastes and they see life in different ways and, and there's... Um, you know, we can have dialogue with, with one another and disagree. Those are, those are actually good things. And so we need to learn to appreciate when you see the Trinity, you see this beautiful unity where they're all different, but they're all the same as well. And so you should appreciate that as it relates to your, your relationship with your spouse. You're not going to agree with her or with him in everything. You guys are not always going to like everything the, the same way. You're not always going to, you know, you're not going to have the same opinions. You're not always going to know exactly how to disciple, uh, how to discipline your kids the same way. You're going to have differences of opinions on how you handle your finances, but it's okay. As long as there's mutual love, as long as there's mutual respect and there's open communication lines, you're going to have unity. Here's a second way that when I look at the concept of the Trinity, it really helps me. And it's this. Uh, when, when you read verses like the one we read earlier, remember the, the uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse, verse 14? Uh, when we read verses like that, it should be a, a huge encouragement to you in your walk with the Lord. Why is that? Let me let me share this one more time. I just close. I'm going to close with this verse. But I want you to 
I don't want you to just listen to it or listen to me read it. I want you to like let it soak in. Like take this verse and let it marinate in your heart. Let God's word speak to you personally, not the other person, not the not the kids. Let just for a moment picture that God is speaking to you, to your heart this morning. Because I, I really believe with all my heart, this is a message that God gave me. And I, I believe, if I can say this in humility, I believe God gave me this message for you today. And I don't think it's coincidence that you're listening to to God's word this morning. So let this be uh, a word uh, from the Lord straight to you, straight to your heart and to your mind. Listen to the verse one more time. It says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's, that's God the Son, right? Uh, now you may ask, what, what is grace? Uh, I always try to remember what grace is by remember the, remembering this, fra- this phrase. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, like, like I'm just so thankful for the price that Jesus Christ has paid for me. And it says, and the love of God, the love of our, of our heavenly Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I love that word, fellowship. The word fellowship means that I'm not alone in this world. Man, that's, that's a big deal. The word fellowship means that I'm not fighting my battles on my own. It, it means companionship. It means uh, strength because, you know, we know from God, from the scripture and from just life, there is strength in numbers. And so like the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, like, like I'm not doing this on my own. I have his strength. I have his friendship. I have his support. Now listen to it. Here's the promise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And I I love I love that promise that God is with you. And it's not just God, it's just it's God the Father and his love it's God the, the Son and His grace, and it's God the Holy Spirit and His fellowship. Man, that is powerful. If the concept of the Trinity does not speak to you, man, I don't know. But for me, when I look at the greatness of the Trinity, I stand in awe. And I may not understand it fully. And as we as we get into it, I may look at it, like a little bit like those people are looking at that shadow. But for me, it's enough to learn a little bit of how to deal with my relationships, how to deal with my spouse, how to, how to deal with my friends. And it's more than enough for me to be encouraged in my walk with the Lord, that I'm not alone. Regardless of how difficult life gets, that regardless of how stressed stressed out I am, regardless of my depression or my anxiety or my health issues or my struggles, my mentals, my inner struggles, I know that he's with me. 
And so I hope that that added a little bit of value to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, that was just week one, the intro to the series. Next week, I'm going to share a lot of scripture references. Uh, this whole series is going to be a little bit heavy on teaching, but that's okay. Um, not so much, not so preachy. Um, but my hope is that, that you would join us and that you would invite somebody. I'm looking forward to, uh, to, uh, the next couple of weeks. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for our people. God, I pray for every single person that's listening to this message. God, I pray that they would know, um, that they would grasp just a, just a little bit, just a glimpse of your love for us. God, I, I know that we all, um, we're dealing with life in different ways, um, and we all have different struggles, and we all have different needs and desires, uh, but God, help us to recognize that we have the same God, that we have the same powerful, loving, graceful Father who um, is willing to do anything for us. God, I pray that you would meet us where we are. I pray that we would see you for who you are, and throughout this series, may we uh, may we let the concept of the, the Trinity, may we let it soak in in our hearts. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys.